Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. You found Waypoints, where the Waypoint staff and friends take a break to nerd out and deep dive on the culture, art, and entertainment that's, that's been inspiring and uh, provoking us lately. That's what it is. Gathered Patrick. around the table this week, we've got Patrick Klepek. Yep. Yeah, that's the intro. Renata Price. <laughs> oh, okay. hello, gamers. I didn't see you there. Producer Ricardo Contreras. Video games were a mistake. Were they? I don't know. They seem all right. People just need to stop talking about it on Twitter is what I think. I think that's where <laughs> the mistakes are made. Yeah, fair. People shouldn't play them for 23 hours over a 48-hour period is my... No. <laughs> no, I no. Don't. I don't. No. I don't, you, I don't know if you saw the VOD time. Kind of, I don't look at the internet on the weekend. No, I, like, yeah, this is what... This is, what is this was that life like? Oh, my great God. reaction to Kato <laughs> telling me. Wonderful. Was like, what the fuck are you saying to me? It's, it's wonderful. I don't, I don't, I don't look at it. I, I, I choose not. What? I choose, I choose the rest of the world to choose violence while I choose to not open the bird app or what a blessed, what a blessed way to be. Could it be me? Patrick has kids. So like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's aided by, right. There's no time to to do it. So I, it's not purely a, uh, uh, a choice of my, my own making, but it is one that I appreciate as like a byproduct of my children is that I don't, like I don't like I check when I go to the bathroom, but it's like I'll get like a like slight peek into like oh wow people are going to really gang up on that person from Gorilla Games for what they said about Elden Ring unfairly, but <laughs> that's just going to happen. Close the app, come Missed. back on Monday morning, and be like oh that person has locked their account. What happened is what I thought was going to happen. Oh no, uh, that's bad. I missed this. What happened? There was the short. Is version. this the UI UX thing that yes, people have been yes. fucking talking about for yes. the last twenty four hours? Yes, yes. yes. Let's just start the podcast. Hey, wait, welcome to Waypoint Radio. Uh, we should clap. Uh, Kato. Fuck. It's still fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, um, I'll cut out the. I'll cut out any eating noises. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm. You have a very good editor over here who's going to make sure the bad sounds don't get to the other people. He's make. He's putting a high. Um. Kyle doesn't always give that promise when we record the podcast. No, sometimes I'm like, fuck it. Y'all are going to hear shit in the background. I'm sorry. That's the kind of day I'm having today. <laughs> uh, I feel like this one will be fine, though. Uh, I don't know why. I think maybe uh, 23 hours of raiding has given me overconfidence, which it shouldn't because we got stuck on one encounter for... 18 of those hours probably um so that you hear the voice of our producer <laughs> ricardo Contreras. ricardo you told me well you know people heard it because i'm sure this is just part of the podcast at this yeah point. yeah i'm assuming your double double decker time in a video yeah. game was more or less 
Destiny related because um, the yeah. raid. Well, we'll we're going to talk about the Batman. We'll get there, but uh, the, the, a lot has been happening in games anyway. I, w- I at least wanted to uh, touch base on uh, the raid that happened. I assume someone beat it. I, I also yes. assume it wasn't you. No, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get past the second encounter. Usually, those are um, there's usually four. Is kind of where they usually sometimes okay. just five. Oh, so the uh, Bungie doesn't does not subscribe to Miyamoto's rule of threes. No, uh, there are four. Not. There are four states instead of instead of three. Well, in in theory, I guess there's four encounters, but only three of them, I believe, have bosses. So maybe they're okay. just subscribing to a sideways rule of three there. Um, sure. But, why not? Um, yeah, the newest raid in Destiny came out, uh, Vow of the Disciple, it's part of the Witch Queen expansion, and, um, I went in with a group to try to see how far we could get day one, if you've never... I was gonna say, uh, can you set up why this was not a thing when Destiny, or I guess, I think Destiny, as big as games like EverQuest, World of Warcraft were, I think for an entirely different sector of people who play video games, maybe didn't touch... MMOs and understood what like raids are. Um, yeah. um, Destiny, I think, introduced those ideas to uh, a totally different um, uh, folks uh, who play games. And so, uh, but even from there, this has evolved <laughs> over time into something kind of in and of itself. So like the the first weekend, and it seems like they drop it on a weekend, uh, uh, like specifically to be nice to the community <laughs> um, and knowing that they'll have jobs. But uh what what is this opening weekend for a new Destiny raid? Like, why is it so such a big deal for each expansion? Um, well, there's a, a a couple of reasons. The first one is that you there's there's always the race, right? There's the world's first race. Someone will be the first team to defeat the raid for the first time. The way that raids work, it's not like a normal mission in an FPS. There are hidden mechanics. Like the the way forward is unclear. It's about like making an FPS combat encounter into a puzzle or mixing a puzzle with a combat encounter in a way that you can, with enough trial and error and like trying to guess things out, get through it without prompting. But like you go in and you don't know what to do. And yet, what does that out- mean though? Like, what is it? Give an example of like what is a because uh, I think a lot of people, it's funny, I think a lot of people, uh, rightly or wrongly, attribute like Halo combat as like, oh, like combat's actually a puzzle, which is, I mean, Halo didn't start that, but if, I think right. like a lot of people came to understand, like the slow pace of Halo's combat made people think of it, approach it more as just shooty shoot and like a little more strategic and kind of a puzzle that you're you're solving. And so yeah. uh, this is, a, that certainly exists in Destiny, like given yes. Bungie's uh, shooter lineage, but what you're speaking to is something a little, a little more specific. It's like shooting things in a certain order and 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 things like that. But like, yeah, here's like maybe maybe like what were the ones that you were unpacking in this in this raid? Um, uh, I will put a marker here and say light raid spoilers <laughs> for this one. Well, here's the thing because people care, right? People right, want yeah, to be yeah, able to sure. go in without knowing anything because. For some people, figuring it out is part of the fun. For others, mm-hmm. it's so complex to them that they're like, I don't want to fuck around with do with figuring it out. Once people know what the strategy is, I'll do the strategy. And that part well, is and fun. It's, uh, the, the execution is not necessarily trivial, I guess is what I'll no, say. Like having yeah. watched some of these, I did one raid with uh, 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 the Taken King. Like that's the one that I did um, oh my God. one time years ago. So I was that's I was brought fucking... through it. I was 
That's I was a fucking raid, though. <laughs> it, it was it was really cool. I, yeah. I, I, uh, they had this one big platforming sequence. They had to leave me behind. They were just like, hey, you'll just kind of warp forward. Don't don't sweat it. You it's can't, just jumping. You can't it's fine. do it. Um, fucking wipe but, but, out. Um, <laughs> like you just get knockoff plates. It's it's cartoony. Yes. It's great. Yes. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, I'll do a marker here for spoilers for let's say encounter one of uh, vow of the disciple. So essentially, um. We enter this space inside of one of like the uh, pyramids. The pyramid ships have been like a you know big focus as of like the last two years of Destiny. You go inside and there's a big old room, and in this room you see a bunch of doors with symbols over them. You also see three kind of uh, obelisk-looking things that have three sides on them and these weird little circles on them. You also see. A pillar that has three circles on it. Nothing is moving. You don't know what starts the encounter. You're unsure. You start poking around. Somebody finds a floating like sphere and shoots it. And then all of a sudden the encounter starts. Enemies start spawning. You start looking around and you're like, okay, what the fuck are we doing? The obelisks that were that had circles on them on three sides, all of a sudden there's symbols, there's uh, symbols start to appear in those circles. You're like, okay, what the fuck do these symbols mean? Mm-hmm. They don't seem to correspond to the symbols over the doors. Well, shit. Okay. Um, someone, we like kill some enemies. Uh, eventually something wipes the whole team. It says like obelisk detonation and someone notices, Hey, the obelisks were slowly filling up with light. And when it got to the top, it killed us all. Okay, we found the first thing that we know, the first mechanic we understand. We have a timer. It is visually represented on these obelisks. We have to do something before it reaches the top. Next round, start over. We start the encounter. We're looking around. Everyone's like, okay, look in like the, this space is big. Look in the corners. There's a bunch of weird corners because of the way that the, the walls work. Someone looks in a corner and finds an enemy that's different from all the other enemies. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, this one has a name. It's called the Compass. I shoot it. It dies. Suddenly, one of the obelisks gets a new symbol on it that corresponds with a door. You're Mm. like, oh, shit. Go in that door. You go in the door, and there's some enemies in there. You kill one of the enemies, and then the pillar changes again, and now there's a third symbol. Uh, Nobody knows what that one is. Whoops. uh, We didn't move forward in the encounter so we wipe again uh (laughs) so it's it's uh, it's a lot about coordination between a lot of people like somebody has to stand at the pillar and say hey i see i see i see this symbol someone go to that door someone else has to go to that door go inside and you know describe what they're seeing so that the people outside can give them more uh information uh but basically the way that it ends up working is the first symbol is a um a door. The second symbol was um I believe if I'm remembering this correctly, which uh there's two enemies inside the room and they're each standing closer to a, a, a third set of symbols that's like here's a dark sun and here's a, a a black a black sun basically. So you're only supposed to kill one of them, not both of them. If you kill both of them, it actually makes it harder back outside, which 
all while That's you're figuring out, while you're figuring out this puzzle thing, it's not like people are just standing there and like reading out these symbols. You're fighting enemies. Well, I there am. Are, there if, are, I, if I was there, <laughs> I, I'd be. Hey, I need. I I'm need some looking, help. While I, while I scream at yeah, these symbols. Uh, but uh, because the other thing we find out, the enemies that are spawning, what they they attack you, but mostly they're actually focusing on the obelisk. It turns out that not only is the obelisk on a timer. But every time the obelisk gets hit by an enemy, that timer just jumps up a little bit more. So it's, it's, it's a timer that if the enemies get to it, it makes it even shorter, right? So you have to be killing all the enemies so that they don't make your time shorter. It's a little it's, CTF with a cipher you got to figure out. Very yeah. Riddler-esque, honestly. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Thumb drive. Thumb drive Thumb is stupid. Drive. Oh, that movie was drive. so fun. Hi, what's up? I'm on the hi, podcast hi, now. Renz. Hi, and also we're joined by oh, we can't, yeah. the other producer. So we, I know, I know, I know. Bottle that up. Bottle it up and bottle it up in the way that when my wife laughed at the thumb drive live in the movie and cackled audibly to the whole theater, someone yelled, shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. To which point I was like, am I about to get in a fight at the movie theater? <laughs> I didn't. Um. All yeah, right, so you've got, you found the symbols. You've got your ob- the obelisks. And yeah. then, uh, is that, like, the end of the first? No. Like, encamp- okay, right. That Good. is how far we got, like, three hours in. Uh, and then, it turns out, after you've done this, you've repeated that uh, three times, now you have, uh, when when you kill the right enemy in the room, a little symbol... Another set of symbols that doesn't correspond to doors or anything. A, a new symbol appears over where that enemy died, and you just have to remember that one for later. After you've done oh. that process of going into a room and killing the right enemy, and you have three symbols, uh, you enter like a new phase where now the obelisks have a bunch of symbols on them, and you have to find one of the three obelisks in the room has all three symbols that you found from those enemies on it, and you have to shoot those symbols on that obelisk only. If you shoot on the obla- other obelisk, you fuck it up and you can't, you, ha- you have to restart. So sometimes it'll trick you. It'll be like, it'll give you two of the symbols, but not the third one. And you think, aha, my obelisk is the one that's right. But then you, fu- you, you have to make sure you have all three before you start shooting. And then you have to shoot them within uh, three seconds of each other too. It's like, you have to do boop, boop, boop. And then if you don't, and the first one isn't like quote unquote active anymore because you took too long to get to the second and third. It also fails, and then you have to you have to try again. Um, that whole thing you have to do three times. Everything I just described you have to do three times to open the, the door to the next location, and that's the first encounter of Vow of the Disciple. That is the easiest encounter in Vow of the Disciple. <laughs> um, because is, is this one like seemingly harder than the average? raid even by destiny standards is that kind of the takeaway so far i don't know that it's harder um another wrinkle to this is that uh the first 24 hours a raid is out uh it is under something called contest mode which means that everyone is level capped to a specific level that bungie has decided usually 20 levels below what the actual enemies are which puts them into um what I like, what what is called swords, basically. Uh, their names like have a little sword, a red sword next to them, which just indicates that they are of higher level than you, and they will do more damage to you, and it'll take you longer to kill them. Right. So the entire raid is like this, where you're twenty levels below, so it's harder to kill even like the red bar, shaft, whatever enemies. 
it also means that if there's any bosses that you have to deal damage to, that becomes a lot harder because you're dealing less damage to those bosses. Um, normally in a raid, you can kind of adjust your difficulty by over-leveling for the raid. Like, the the raids aren't actually at max uh, power requirement because they're, they're one of the main ways that you get more power to get to max. Uh, they're a really good way for leveling at that point. So... Uh, right now, 1530 is the highest that you can be. That's what I was at. But technically, the max is 1550, and people who, like, really grinded out those first two weeks, they already hit 1550 just kind of off of, like, regular drops. So, if they were to go in, they would have a much easier time than I went in, than when I went in at 1530. And so, what Bungie instituted was contest mode, where everyone gets brought down to that specific light level. And so, technically, you just have to be the better person, the person to execute better, rather than the person who had more hours in that week to grind higher, right? At it's least in the short term, a, while, while, it's, while it's a race to see how far right, one can get. Exactly. Right? That's why they only yeah. institute that contest mode for the first 24 hours, normally. However, <laughs> there were fucking uh, connection issues because it was a day one raid, but they happened enough that they offer, you know, they offer a, 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 a specific emblem, which is, you know, it's like a little banner where your name is in the game. Um, that you can only get if you f- beat it within that contest mode in the first 24 hours. But because there were so many disconnection and network issues, Bungie extended it for another 24 hours. So normally, day one ratings, like you get in, if you get as far as you can go, sometimes you can finish it even if you have a really solid team. But if not, you miss out on the emblem. Some people think that's a, a bigger deal than it's not. Like you can be like, whatever, I, I missed out. I'm really here for the experience. And then the next day, on Sunday, you can go in and do it. You'll, you'll be overleveled. All the enemies will hurt you a lot less. It'll be easier to survive. And you can probably finish the raid, given whatever you got done on Saturday. This this time, they did not do that. And so I, I streamed 13 hours the first day and then went oh, back for of. 10 more on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Watch Kato fruitlessly shoot at enemies in Destiny and not beat the raid. Yeah. Come, Actually, come get your ticket. I had one of the more... Uh, this is right, 13 hours, 8 minutes, 16 seconds. Yeah. 10 hours, 48 minutes, 38 seconds. Yeah. Uh, good views, though. You know, that's content, Kato. So. <laughs> this is... I this would is... never in my fucking life work that much if it weren't something I was dead set on doing anyways. <laughs> like, yeah, let's be clear. Kato was not asked to do no, this. He asked us yes. if he could do this. If he's like, could I stream to the Waypoint channel? <laughs> And uh, he was he was given permission. Ren, you were going to you were going to say something. I was going to say, like, the, the 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 thing about all of this is that, like, I'm so invested in this idea of destiny and this in this idea of video games broadly. Right. When Patrick was talking earlier about like the history of raid mechanics and how like raids and games like, wow, or like traditional MMOs, like like, wow, FF14, etc. Like raids are the peak of those games as like pieces of design. Right. There are all these puzzles. There are all these things you have to do together with a team it is like the video game at its like most like interesting and complex, right? And I'm so on board with all of this 
until the time component comes in and that I'm just like, I, I, I'm so on board with you, Kato. I'm, yeah. I'm riding alongside you. Yeah. I'm listening to you to describe these puzzle mechanics. I'm like vibing. I'm like, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love solving puzzles with my friends. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you say 23 hours in a weekend and we got through encounter. We got, we got to encounter two mm. and I'm like, actually, I think I'm good. I think I'm A-O fucking K. Well, and then I think like, how much time does it take to get to that point? And like with games other than Destiny 2, I think like, wow, and FF14. I'm like, damn, that FF14 raid I watched seems really cool. Oh, it takes 125 hours to get there. I'm good. I'm good. She's good out here. She can chill out here and she'll be fine. Have, uh, and that's that is the deep bummer about this. I have me. good news for you. This is mm-hmm. only for fucking dis- Destiny masochists like me and the other day one raiders. Because if you go in at level, a lot of the like the issues we were having were we would die too much. There's a system in raids where if you die, everyone has one revive for someone else. Basically, you can't revive yourself, but someone else can revive you. And once they use that one revive, they can't revive anyone else for the, the length of the encounter. Not the whole raid, just the encounter. Right. But so dying is very uh, costly. You know, people are pulled off the rolls and stuff. And when enemies are very hard to much harder to kill... That makes it dangerous for everyone. Suddenly there's enemies that aren't being killed quickly, which means they start wandering around the room and shooting other people that they shouldn't be shooting. It becomes a mess. After day one, once you're like at regular levels instead of being under leveled technically for the raid, it becomes a lot so much easier to uh to deal with. And honestly, once the raids are figured out, you can finish a raid in an hour and a half. Right. And like, that's the thing. It's like, I've gone through, I have played Destiny Raids before. I did, um, right. what was the, what was the original one? Leviathan? For Destiny 2, yeah. Leviathan. Yes. So I've done, I, I ran Leviathan actually a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and so like, I guess like the, the, the thing I, that I always come up against is that like, every time I do a raid like that, even after like all the leveling, I'm like, damn, I wish this was the video game. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, ah, shit. Oh man. I spent, I spent 12 hours playing a game that was worse than this. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's and then and it's like, ah, oh, damn, this shit whips. Nice. Hell yeah. I love gaming. Yeah. Uh, and then it's over and I'm like, well, I can do that again. That'll be fun. Um, which is like I think like part of the I mean like it's also like just the structure of the game right yeah it's just the structure of like MMO style games where it's like all right cool the raids are big swings but there's also all this other shit because it's like designed to be a like system that encourages consistent play yeah um and so of course it can't all be like the weird wacky shit because that doesn't encourage consistent play in the same way yeah I get why like, it's like that but it's like. I don't know. I just think it's neat. I think like hearing people talk about raid mechanics is extremely fun. Yeah, it is one of those things that, uh, uh, you know, I've made peace with like the FOMO of certain games that I can't play because of like where I'm at in my life. But a p- part of what bums me out is that you can imagine a, like different versions of games like this where like some of that stuff was teased out into a br- like a broader design instead of locked away in sort of the high end uh part of the the player experience like i'm and i'm okay with that being how destiny does it but i i share a similar sort of sense of like man that you know in the raid that i did do even though i was mostly just carried i was like oh this scene i can see why this is really fucking fun but i don't have the time to get to the point to invest in the ability to pull this off uh mm-hmm. but i wish similar sorts of things occurred 
in different games in different forms. Maybe they're really only sustainable in MMOs. Like maybe that's like sort of like the cul-de-sac that that we're in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I I share the same sentiment of like seems neat, would like to engage with. Uh, bummer that I that I can't. I think you get glimpses of it in some roguelikes. You know, like I feel like I feel mm-hmm. like I mean, maybe maybe you've had this, Patrick, with something like I don't know. I haven't played a ton of Spelunky, but like figuring out how a particular thing works in Spelunky or like a particular like rule of the world. But it's yeah, like, it's, okay, it's, how do I get very, to this level? Yeah. Seems like a similar. It is. Yeah, it is. A, it, a like that was approach to play. Yeah, that was a huge part of what I found. Like as someone that likes professes to like roguelikes, but plays very few of them because I'm like super picky on the ones that I want to invest that time into Spelunky what uh, was the one that like really hooked me in specifically because of that was oh here is an unknown rule set that uh, portray and it, this is similar to, like the whole what, what Kato was saying and in, in, in the, the the joy of a raid and destiny is oh I know how this works and then it's like oh oh no I don't okay no I don't um, uh, so I'm gonna do the thing that I know how to do and I'm gonna see why the game hits me and says no and yeah. then figure out yeah uh, what am I supposed to do instead and that was the huge part of of Spelunky um, was uh, like, I, I, I'm the guy who is good at playing platform games. Like I've got this, like how hard could this be? And just dying over and over <laughs> again to understand how moving from left to right can feel so profoundly different in a game that is yeah. interested in pushing back uh, on you. I would be, especially if it's, I would be really interested if you all went through the campaign of witch queen, because there are, they are there are moments mechanically that I think are the closest to raid things that have ever happened in a campaign in this one. Hmm. Part of the issue with the way that they design raid mechanics versus like uh campaign mechanics though is that raid mechanics are made for six and you right, kind of right. need six, and that's part of why they can be particularly intricate. But they've done some really neat like encounter puzzle stuff in the campaign this time, which is like thematically great, uh, because Witch Queen is about Savathun, the like hive goddess of lies and trickery. So it's like, oh, great. We get to play in this space of like, uh, she's fucking with us constantly. And it's, it, there's some really fun moments in that campaign that I think have, have, are the most, most exciting for like what the like direction they're moving with, with like regular missions is for these DLCs. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, ugh. That's brain. That's raid brain right there. That's <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that point. Apart from saying, well, it's, the campaign it's itself bring... is uh, it has some of those moments more than it's ever, than it's had before. Like they don't usually do that, but they did. They right. tried to do that this time. Yeah, um, you're continuing to almost sell me on Destiny Two again. Play Destiny Two. <laughs> Look, here's every the, the time. Which Queen every is a perfect time. time. You talk about Here, this here's video the thing. Game, which Queen? They, the the, the, the like, level. I'm like, I'm like on the edge, and I'm like, oh man, this sounds kind of neat again. Oh this, fuck. This is this is one of those reboot DLCs where like, if you come in to play at this one, everything like you're ready to go into the campaign. Like, there's no level. There's no leveling you have to do beforehand, and you will be able to play through the entire campaign. Um from the get-go with like where normally if you're like coming in partway between DLCs, there's like, Oh, the current stuff is of a higher level and stuff like that. But right now, like you can start a new character and you will be ready to do the campaign of witch queen. Um, and, uh, also the legendary campaign, which I think is the closest you can get to the combat difficulty of a raid in contest mode. 
Like they oh, made that shit, and it was so. Oh, I still. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, now that's the legendary campaign for. is now so gamers? fucking fun. Now uh, gamers, that's <laughs> what I'm looking for. Especially with all the new void shit, I was making so many things explode with my grenades. It's beautiful, beautiful explosions of purple void energy. I love it. I love it. Destiny is a very good game. That's why I played it for 23 hours over the weekend. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I'm not happy that you weren't world's first, but you know, God, next time, God, yeah, we're not even shooting for it. It's like it would be nice if we can finish in twenty four in the first twenty four hours. It would be nice. Did and, someone beat it on Saturday? I mean, presumably someone beat yes, it on Saturday. Yes, but okay. they right. they beat it after I believe eight hours. I think is or so. Yeah. It took like them eight hours. That like your. 20 plus is not unreasonable <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like those teams are like they've been training as a group right there's yeah, the coordinated dynamics. swat teams yeah, exactly who exist exist to go after raids and claim try and claim perfect them first. builds i'm yeah. sure oh yeah, yeah. 100%, just like just like, like ideally matched to one another uh-huh like pre-planned for weeks well like this was very much a very casual sort of like who wants to try one and like the groups were made in the in the uh, all community members from the Waypoint Discord, which the Waypoint Discord Destiny community is fucking sick. I love them all. They're they're a great place to be. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's it's a it's literally one of the like that's the big thing with like you know this sort of game unless you have like close friends that you're already playing with, with is how I got right. into Destiny. Finding a group of people online to play the internet of like random people is very difficult uh but uh the waypoint destiny crew is like super awesome so like shout outs to to that channel in the destiny in the in the waypoint discord mm. nice 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 so you're, are you do you think you'll finish it on next weekend or do you th- no uh, we're going in tonight okay Going in tonight. Oh, so you're, that, so you're th- you're gonna finish it tonight? Is that what yeah, is the implication of your yeah, statement? Like, yes. you said that very declaratively. <laughs> well, contest mode is off. Contest mode is off. We won't have the okay. the power right. level issues. Uh, and we're still trying to do the discovery. So the people who that I'm going in with aren't haven't spoiled themselves. Some people after we like gave up were like, ah, fuck it, I'll look up the mechanics and do it when people are just doing regular run throughs. But there's still a group of enough group enough groups enough people that we can make a couple groups to still like explore it now that the uh the level cap has been lifted and we can kind of just worry about mechanical execution over um uh like combat mechanical execution i guess raid mechanical execution versus combat execution also biting us in the ass yeah cool well you can see uh you can if if you'd like to watch how to play fruitlessly gonna, against that yeah, raid for twenty hours, you could go to twitch.tv slash waypoint. Um and I uh, might highlight that to keep it, but I don't I think I might cut out the one time we win the first encounter and put that on the YouTube, maybe just highlight that part instead of yeah, I don't think the, t- the twelve hour VOD is really worth it. It's too much. I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's cost Google some money. Like why not? You know, like <laughs> Just make a process. Like, oh my god! Like can you being like, where did that thirty cents go? Kind of just upload it, let it process for the next Google. week. Yeah, but then edit it down to a highlight. But yeah. just like make, force the server to like do the. That's Dude. probably worse for the earth. That's yeah. Probably, uh, <laughs> Actually, using more electricity that way. I guess. Yeah, I don't think we win. I don't think we win. No, there's way. no, there's no win here. Matthew Google's gonna lose a quarter either way. Like he's, <laughs> he's gonna drop a quarter. Like where the fuck did that go? Oh. 
I went to the way it went to the Waypoint YouTube channel. Wow, look at that. That's <laughs> taking up a lot of fucking space. Look at that. <laughs> How many gigs? <laughs> <laughs> How far they get? Uh, <laughs> but before oh, we uh, get to uh, the Batman, um, I don't, I don't really use Twitter over the weekend. But I did. Did you see that piece of mail that I got about Elden Ring? No, no. I didn't. No, oh, well, I've got this. It's like the most. Uh, this is like the most response I've gotten to tweet in years. Um, okay, all right. I'm gonna ask you two. Uh-huh. You two. Um, you can choose between the two of you. Um, okay. But should I go to your uh, Twitter or not? No, don't look at my Twitter yet. Don't I'll, look at your Twitter yet. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, this is a cross promotion. Um, you, the, both of you, are in the middle of streaming. Uh, Heaven will be mine. Uh, part of our uh, two part uh, Waypoint 101 uh, that we're going to be recording uh, and talking about later this month. Um, in that playthrough uh, mm-hmm. for uh, We Know the Devil and Heaven Will Be Mine, uh, I was informed that you're doing voices. Yes. Um, yeah. For them. So. I don't know who's better at that. I haven't had a chance to catch up on, on the vase. I don't know how you feel about your own voice. Okay, Ren is very Rude. confident. Co- wow. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> then I. So just offering I wrote, up. <laughs> I, I wrote a piece last week. Just one of those like, ah, I just got to get these 500 words off. I just want to put them <laughs> into the atmosphere. And it was just basically it was like, I think the headline was like, please, Elden Ring, let me play multiplayer like uh, a normal video game, which is b- based on our experience streaming. It. It'd be like, yes. I really wish I could just hit, we are a party. Like just let us find a faster way to get, get in back to one another. I don't care right. if you reduce the, you know, the Estes flask equivalent. I don't care if you disband us after a boss thing. Just like, let me just hit a button and like get back together really quick and just kind of outline that in, in 500 words. And um, you can tell when a piece leaves the sphere and starts hitting other parts of the internet. Um, when the you worst start getting on the planet, it's the it's it's the best and worst feeling on the planet because you're like, nice, it left the sphere, and then yeah. you look at your fucking mentions and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I see why I stayed in the sphere. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, so it hap- it happens in two ways. Like like uh, on Twitter, it's frequently either your mentions or you'll see quote tweets explode, and you're like, oh no, oh, no. Uh, it has left like my circle. And then with uh, articles, it tends to be. Well, depending on how like freely you have your email and stuff like that there, because being a reporter, I have my stuff freely available. Um, I, it's when I get emails. People just don't, people don't write. Like they leave comments, they will tweet at you. But like writing an email is, is like picking up the phone these days. Like it's a task. Like you, you gotta sit, you gotta sit <laughs> I down I wouldn't do it. do it. No. No. And I've never so, written an email. I got this email. Uh, Ren, you can choose. Uh, let's not. I kept their uh, internet pseudonym in this uh, yeah. screenshot. You don't need. You don't need to do that for the the podcast version. But if you'd like to take a crack at um, uh, reading this, um, I'd, I'd be delighted. I'm I'm so ready. I'm so. Let me just let me just internalize <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, Ka- yes, Kato. That's that's the feeling I had when I got it in my inbox and started laughing. You're trash. How about you get good and solo bosses so that way you don't need to summon help? Also, don't care. Didn't ask. L. Ratio. No skill. Beta. You are cringe. Shut the hell up. Cope. Seethe. Okay, boomer. 
Shinsel, virgin, Karen, clown. You are not just a clown. You are a whole circus. Nah, this ain't it. Do better, kid. Check your privilege. Pronouns in bio. Catfish profile pic. Small pee-pee energy. Snowflake. Those tears taste delicious. K-pop fan. I fall asleep while making you cry. Go touch some grass. How is your wife's boyfriend? Oh, wait. I'm doing good. Nobody cares about your opinion. Vice is a cringe news source. Plus, you're a trash blogger with no popularity. Go do an actually useful job for a living. <laughs> it's beautiful. I have I have one note. I have yeah. one note, which is that, understandably, reading this the first time going through, you said, check your privilege. But my one of my favorite parts about this is that is it's this written as... Privilega. Privilega, which I think my favorite response on Twitter to this was like, Oh, it must be like a Final Fantasy spell. Like you've upgraded privilege to privilege. Also, Kato, I hope you're really excited for this one because there's just a fucking solid line in my audio file. Just yeah. a solid, yeah. just a solid no, like good. 20 seconds of peaking. Uh, also, also, let me, oh, you know ahead. what? I apologize. I do, I do, I do want to, I do want to clarify one thing. Mm. I forgot the pluses, which is don't care. Plus, <laughs> plus didn't ask. Plus L. Plus ratio. Plus no skill. Plus beta. Plus you are cringe. Plus shut the hell up. Plus coat. Plus seed. Plus okay boomer. Plus incel. Plus virgin. Plus Karen. Plus clown. Plus you are not just a clown. You are a whole circuit. Plus nah, this ain't it. Plus do better kid. Plus traffic your privilege. Plus pronouns and bio. Plus <laughs> catfish profile pic. Plus small peepee energy. Plus snowflake. Plus those tears taste delicious. Plus cake pop fan. Plus I fall asleep while making you cry. Plus Plus, go touch some grass. Plus, how is your wife's boyfriend? Begin parentheses. Oh, wait, I'm doing good. And parentheses. Plus, nobody cares about your opinion. That was a sentence, apparently. It ends with a period. Period. That's good. Kind of please go. put some sort of ominous music yeah. over that. Yeah. Um, people will know I made that note after the fact, but like, just, I want you to, yeah, just mm. go touch some grass. Touch some grass. I think. Plus, touch some grass. Some grass. Just like the Batman. I was going to say, frankly, I can, the, I can think of no better transition <laughs> to discussing the Batman, uh, the new Just film like the from from Matt Reeves, uh, director of uh, Cloverfield, the very, I like Cloverfield a lot, but the very mediocre remake of Let, <laughs> Let Me In. Just go watch the original Let the Right One In. Much better movie. Uh and two of the Planet Wait. of the Apes reboot sequel. What? Yes? Sorry, 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 hey. sorry, sorry. We're 40 minutes in. You want to take a quick break? Yes. Sure. Be right back. We'll be back. To, we'll be back to finish that introduction to the Batman. <laughs> When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
And we're back. What were you gonna say, Ren? Or did someone? Ren was about. Uh, I believe it had something to do with the second and second and third, right? Second and third Planet of the Apes, or the first and second? I just didn't realize. Second I and did third. not. Second and third. I did yeah. not realize Matt Gr- Matt Reeves's fucking filmography. I was not familiar with all of the nuances of his filmography, <laughs> uh, and, and a lot of things make sense to me about the Batman. Um, knowing this additional information about Matt Reeves. Yes, did not direct the the well the original. Reboot. Milwaukee. Not the there first, was a Tim Burton reboot well, of Planet okay, of the Apes. The and two thousand and what reboot? Uh, what was uh, the two thousand and wait thirteen? Right? Because we're talking about we're talking about the two thousand and thirteen through like two thousand like sixteen. Yes, yes. So his film da- series. His, yes, yeah. his Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is yes. the sequel to Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which was twenty eleven. Um, yes. And then he did the third one, War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, those after, last two have their names God, backwards, by makes, the way, if you've ever seen them. This makes so much sense. This uh, makes so much sense now. <laughs> so the Batman is uh, a very, like, whatever, if if Nolan's film was a gritty, grounded re- reimagining of Batman, Matt Reeves looked at that and said, I could go grittier. I could go groundier. I'm going to make. I could go groundier. And I'm gonna I, add I a, definitely, yeah. I'm gonna add a the to make it seem because that's that's just what we do uh, the, these days. Um, starring uh, Robert Pattinson as as our titular the bat. <laughs> Batman, the, the bat. The the Guardian review describes this film as gritty camp, that's and I have really. I don't think there's a better description for what this movie is because in shit this movie. Okay, let me make a couple of things really clear, really quick about the film The Batman. Yep. One, Matt Reeves wants you to want to fuck Robert Pattinson so badly. Is he I've, wrong? I've never seen a movie that wanted me to fuck the main character <laughs> more than this movie wants me to fuck Robert Pattinson. It is incredible the amount of sex that Matt Reeves <laughs> wants you to want to have with Robert Pattinson, first of all. <laughs> And I'm sorry, Mr. Reeves and Patterson. But not for me. Two. Point number two. This is a movie where I had to suppress laughter at what I believe were intended jokes multiple times throughout the film because not a single other motherfucker in that theater <laughs> realized that they were jokes and were reading it totally straight, which is yep. like... When I say that this movie, when I when that person at the Guardian says the movie's gritty camp, and I endorse that description, it is also the reality that most people cannot identify camp, and so every fucking time Nirvana plays in this movie, <laughs> I almost started crying laughing. Well, yeah, I, yeah. But I would t- if this movie is gritty camp, is it aware that it's gritty camp? Yes, it one hundred percent. I don't. Is I, I think no, I disagree. No, the rest yeah. of Reeves' filmography suggests suggests otherwise. My counterpoint. Okay. Let's let's break down what the movie The Batman is. Please. The movie The Batman is 177 minutes long. It's very let's, 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 whole ass fucking hours. Excuse me, Kato. It's two hours and 57 minutes. Come on. Let's be. Let's. I'll let's give be it the fair. three extra minutes <laughs> from the fucking credits. Fuck, it feels yeah. like three extra minutes. I swear to God, this is a three-hour-long movie <laughs> that is. A lot of superhero movies focus on their superheroes, right? The the Marvel movies, Iron Man, whatever the fuck, right? They all focus on their superhero. But every once in a while, 
the camera will show someone doing something else. Maybe the villain. Maybe maybe a side character. Maybe there will be a B-plot. The Batman does not believe in B-plots. It does not believe in side characters. Any fucking moment the Batman is not on screen in the three-hour-long film The Batman, he is standing a foot and a half off screen and will walk on screen by the end of the goddamn scene. (laughs) And so this is a three-hour movie about watching Robert Pattinson give the most awkward Batman performance you've ever seen, and it's fucking incredible how awkward and uncomfortable he makes this man as the Batman attempts to investigate a series of serial murders because that's right, this movie is also a detective noir about uh, Batman solving serial murders led by the Riddler while trying to solve a like seven, not a seven, actually, yeah, it's a 70s gangster conspiracy. Yes. Um, uh, that has embroiled well, both him and his family. It's Batman, the world's it's greatest Batman. detective. It's Batman being the world's greatest detective and missing a ton of shit and then having other say, people be like, I know that's how this like, movie has been yeah. described. Did you, did you miss that? And Batman being like, yeah. yeah you know I what did. wasn't clear? But you know what? <laughs> know who also missed things? You know who also missed things? Mm. The Riddler, <laughs> who hates Bruce Wayne, but I don't think he knows. I don't I don't know if he knows that's Batman. I'm not sure because there's a there's a scene at the end of this movie where he just keeps chanting Bruce Wayne to justify why he did all of this to Batman and then Batman's like pretty crazy, right? <laughs> and then he's like, "I know. I fucking hate that guy, but we're friends." And I had to be sitting there being like, "I thought you just Do you not know?" No. Does he not? It seems like he doesn't know. I don't think he knows. Fucking incredible. He also doesn't know that at the end of the movie he won, but he's very upset that he lost. But I think he won. He so obviously won. (laughs) Thousands of innocents died in your misguided attempt at corruption. But I guess... I don't know. He saved the, we need to, the black we need character you shot. Like, so I guess you lost. Slow down. Okay. <laughs> I will do a the, synopsis of this film. The film opens. You see a, a man getting serial murdered. Uh oh, that's the mayor. Um, <laughs> good jump scare though. I did. That like was the, the mayor. He got did enjoy how the Riddler owned. panned in with the uh, like the lightning. Or oh, it's was great. This movie is like beautifully shot. Yeah. Like legitimately, yeah, it looks so it's like good. A, it's a gorgeous film. Um, mayor fucking murked batman <laughs> so tired comes home eye black still on fucking like raccoon eyes gets home just like massive dark circles covering his entire face takes his mask off and just gives the most fucking robert pattinson i have a depression look you've ever seen to his butler alfred who's like are you good dude and then he's like you're not my real dad and he's like yeah good point you got me there. I'm not your real Which dad. Also played by Andy Circus, you... which to me is fucked. I can't look at Andy Circus and not just see Andy Circus on the screen. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess I'll help you solve this murder, despite the fact that I'm not your real dad, I guess. But and you so, don't have any friends. Smeagol's not my friends. real dad. <laughs> and so Batman fucking begins putting together a piece of this murder. There's another victim. Oh no. And so he goes to a club. That's right. It's the Penguins Club who delivers one of the funniest fucking performances I've ever seen. Kyle Farrell's having a great time in this movie. Kyle Farrell's having no notes. Did you notice? Did you notice the scene? Did you notice the waddling? Yes. Did you notice the waddling? Yep. That was one of the funniest fucking, fucking so, jokes in this movie, so and good. no one laughed at it. That's no why the tone of this movie, movie. This movie gives zero space for the humor that is clearly in it. 
Yeah. yeah. But gives no tonal or uh, like emotional space for the yeah. audience to have a reaction to it. But it's which, so which is what infuriating <laughs> because there's a fucking there's a there's a shot where the penguin is tied up, his wrists are tied and his feet are tied, and fucking Batman and um. Uh, not yet commissioner, Lieutenant Garden, mm-hmm. get in a fucking car and drive away. And the shot holds for like five extra seconds. Well, he's got a lot of time to work with. So, you know, no reason penguin, to cut. As the penguin just fucking waddles <laughs> like, <laughs> like several feet. This, the film draws no attention to the fact that he's waddling. He's just a dude on the other side of a fucking like a, apartment complex just waddling the fuck around. And it is so goddamn funny. And I was like resisting the urge to laugh because no one else in the theater was laughing. And I was oh, like, yeah, this is such crowd. a good joke. See, because yeah. yeah, our, our crowd was the exact same way where... I thought early on, the tell early on is like how people react to the thumb drive joke. Like, does the audience cackle at that? Or they're like, wow, this is, this is, ser- this is serious. I mean, I, he, this man is I not part of a, joking is- around. And my wife, I mean, audible, like she released a laugh that I felt was uh, commiserate with the moment. Yeah. And like, it was just the people we were sitting with, like the group uh, that we had gone to the movie with that, like had various versions of that and just fucking dead ass silence for the rest of the theater, which prompted the shut up from like three rows over where I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of these crowds. But I think that's the movie's fault too. The movie doesn't like tell you it's okay. It's okay. Like this is kind of goofy (sighs) shit, man. It feels like there are moments where it's really trying to, there was, there was, I got awkward laughs at the funniest line in the movie. You are Al. (laughs) URL is so fucking funny. URL made me say out loud in the, in the theater, fucking stupid, dumb, move, fucking stupid joke. Um, that one, that one's so good. Uh, the thing that got me though, so they go to the, he goes to a club. There he meets a lady. Spoilers, that lady is Catwoman. Uh, at the club, they're like slowly discovering that the Riddler is killing people related to this police corruption situation. Um, for reasons the film gets into later that are some of the fucked stupidest character motivations <laughs> I've ever heard. It's incredible. Um, and um, so he meets she he meets Selena Kyle, the Catwoman, and then they like break into a building at the same time, and it's a whole thing. And they realize that like they're both trying to like solve this mystery at the same time because Catwoman's friend, I think she's implied to be her girlfriend. That, I, that was that my re- that was my reading. That was my of reading the, of it, and it was very weird that the film that I think has it, it, I think it sets the Batman so bad, right? Like because I feel like they thema- like kind of like tonally are setting up. Oh, like there's a thing going. Like they're not just friends; she's not just watching out for somebody she cares about. There's the thing going on here, but then it feels like the movie just drops that. It's as the a phone threat. call. It's the phone call for me because she's like, "What's wrong, baby?" And she is like, yeah. "She says, yes, baby, yes. with intent." Yes. And then it shows them together and she like gets down on her knees and she's holding this girl's hand. And like the camera obviously pans to the fact that there's only one bed in this apartment. Um, and like, so they're like set up as a couple and this girl gets murked because she's a lesbian. Of course she fucking gets murked. Uh, or at the very least is a, is a, is a bi woman who's dating a girl and is also like engaged in like sex work. So of course she gets fucking murdered. Uh, and the camera like pans and it's like, whatever. Eventually, Batman gets to Selena Kyle's apartment and he shows up and he looks around 
And Robert Pattinson, in the most awkward voice possible, goes, You got a lot of cats. <laughs> it's, the funniest, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. I have a thing it's about Robert strays. Pattinson going like, oh. You got a lot like every single word is being punched out of him it's fucking incredible it is one of the funniest things i've ever heard in a movie at this point they decide to work together they begin investigating the murders at the same time more murders happen eventually there's a whole re- like hour of this movie that i basically can't recall um, uh, yeah, like, and we've we've now approached that like what like I remember that when I was sitting down I was like well doing a summary of this movie is gonna be kind of tough not because I had too much to drink during the movie but because at a certain point I just sort of like the movie was just happening to me and then it picked up again like then the Batmobile scene happened I was like that was great that was yeah. that's a cool that's a cool take on that car uh, and then we get to a very messy. You know, fi- final, final third. <laughs> so yeah. someone pointed to me. So this movie doesn't first. have three acts; it has four acts. It just chooses it's, to add a, a, a like. There, when the bombs go off, that you, you turn to the movie and go, "Oh no, we have another forty minutes to go." The movie just ended. We caught the Riddler. <laughs> they We're caught good. the fucking Riddler. They caught. Okay, so they the middle of the movie is all just murder investigation shit, but it is like nigh incomprehensible murder investigation shit it's fucking incredible they spend so much time in an apartment in this movie listen if you want a movie about robert pattinson staring at objects and thinking or walking slowly while staring at an object and thinking boy do i have the fucking movie for you (laughs) um and so basically there's an hour of murder investigation at one point a car breaks into the mayor's memorial um it's a whole thing. He say uh, Bruce Wayne saves a child. Um, it's a whole thing. It's like an emotional, like emotionally tender moment. Um, as the film goes on, guys continue to use the phrase that Batman uses throughout the entire movie, which is "I am vengeance," which is like, yeah, dude, sure, King, you you sure are. Um, and then so eventually the, they realize that the Riddler is planning like this big like terrorist plot. And then they catch the Riddler who basically turns himself in. The Riddler turns himself in after the murder of uh, Falcone, who is he also, like this big he mob also boss. Turned, when he gets caught and I didn't know what to do with myself physically when the camera panned up to the coffee and there was and the question mark in it. I was like, are we in the Joel Schumacher Batman yes. and Robin movie yes. again? So we are. It was we are. So, we are. It's so fucking funny. How do you put that movie, that shot? And it's, and it's, and it's the fucking coffee cup. It's so fucking funny. And I love it. I love that it's yeah. there. But I'm like, does this movie know? And we'll get, we get there. We, the tone is like, really, we'll dissect after you finish here. But I, um, anyway, keep going. And so, yeah, the murders continue escalating. Eventually... After killing Falcone, who he claims is like the key to all of this, right? He's like, Falcone's the guy who like basically murdered this journalist years and years ago to start this renewal fund. The renewal fund is basically used by the Falcones to run the entire city. So this mob boss has been running the city for the last 20 years through a government program that was created by Thomas Wayne, Batman's father. Um, who this movie cannot decide if he is good or bad, and not in a morally ambiguous way, but in a way that is legitimately confusing and hard to follow. Um, <laughs> uh, and like, boy, Robert Pattinson sure doesn't react to being told that his mother was probably like coerced into a marriage that she didn't want on account of her mental illness. 
that he never questions that part of the whole fucking situation. Uh, and so basically there's like, there's a big secret about the Wayne family. They had this guy murdered. And he's like, oh no, this has ruined my sense of self. I thought my dad was a good guy who I was like beating the shit out of people for the last two years to get vengeance <laughs> for. Also, I'm a nocturnal animal for reasons. Uh, because I have depression. Fucking Robert Pattinson's like, I'm really sad, so I only go out at night. By the way, if you want to see a movie where Robert Pattinson never sleeps, oh boy, do I have the fucking film for you. Because I would love to see his room. Where's the deleted scene and his, what's he got on the walls? It's incredible. And so they had this murder. After murdering Falcone, the guy turns himself in by going to a coffee shop. The Batman then uh, goes and visits him at Arkham Asylum and at Arkham he's like this is why I did all of it the renewal fund that was set up by your dad also I don't know your Bruce Wayne but I'm gonna kind of imply that I do but also I definitely don't fucking know mm-hmm. um, the renewal fund set up by your dad that was supposed to be used for orphaned children is actually being used to fund the city's drug operations and allow Falcone to run all of Gotham also I grew up really poor and I hated it. And Bruce Wayne grew up really rich, so I want to assassinate him. Mm-hmm. But because called, I could, that's called an ideology. I think that's called that's an ideology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I have planted bombs all around the city of Gotham that are going to detonate and fl- and and break down the seawall and flood the entire city to kill like as many people as i can <laughs> a lot of but that's not the t- that's not the plot that's the wildest bit is that like his actual goal is to assassinate the mayor the like the the incumbent the like the coming mayor because he already assassinated the incumbent and now <laughs> yeah. he's like i'm going to assassinate this other woman who is going to become the mayor i'm going to assassinate the shit out of her um and his way of assassinating her involves 50 dudes this is not a joke 50 dudes who he has radicalized with rifles sitting above he has 500 his, followers friend 500 followers i laughed so fucking hard at that line <laughs> I, I i did hear other people on the dark the web it's hard to get followers i don't i don't know if you know this um and so he has these people sitting above this fucking place which by the way the, the like the city's like amphitheater or like basically like a uh, stadium center right mm-hmm. is for some reason the highest ground in the entire it's the only part of the city that is technically <laughs> above water level for some fucking wild reason they're like yeah it's the only part of the city that's above water level so we have to evacuate the entirety of gotham city into this one fucking building <laughs> that is filled with 500 dudes with rifles who are trying to assassinate the mayor and so it's like 20 dudes yeah but there's supposed to be uh, yeah fair there's 500 followers but there's only 20 guys with rifles the, who ra- are the, ra- the ratio of follower to uh to, to zealot I mean, is, yeah. uh, which by the way they're very bad at assassinating the mayor they get mm-hmm. one shot in her and there's 20 of them yeah like it it takes most assassins like one or two shots like the fact that like they had 20 and they only got one hit in her wild um and so the city floods and then at the you know, 40 minutes, 40 consecutive minutes of Batman fighting guys uh, and saving people while the city floods. 
and you know, uh, Catwoman also joins to help him at one point. Earlier in the movie, they kissed because this movie generated a lot of weird romantic tension between the two of them, despite establishing the fact that she was seemingly in love with this other girl like 30 minutes prior. Two, two people that don't want to fuck, we got to imply that maybe they might think about fucking. Um, and they, I don't they know, kiss have them at one kiss. point. Um, yeah, they've spent so much time implying that like both poor Zoe Kravitz who spends like poor Zoe Kravitz slash Selena Kyle who spends this whole movie being like it being implied to want to fuck people and then never actually doing it my poor queen she's out here so horny and no outlet (laughs) her girlfriend her girlfriend murked Robert Pattinson smooth like a Ken doll in this movie apparently um all the weird men she sees no interest um, and on that, and on that note, I do, I do relate to Selena Kyle. Shout out queen. <laughs> um, and so the movie ends with Batman saving all of these people in this flooded. And now if this sounds like a weird frenetic description of how a movie goes, oh, don't worry. It felt that way too. <laughs> it felt like a movie that kind of happens to you for three hours. And you're like, how did they put so much in? How did they put so much and so little in a three hour long movie? It's kind of incredible. Well, And that was that was the uh, the the one tweet I put out about it was like somehow the Batman felt uh, too long and too short at the same time. Um, uh, There's was like, like I guess- six movies in here. They put six movies. It's like a TV, it felt like a TV here. show uh, yeah. written as as a movie. Kind of, we have not heard a, a lot from you. I'm I'm curious what you what you thought of the movie. I mean, it's a comic book, like literally, right? Like this is where you get that intersection of sort of like drama uh, and like kind of emotion with camp, right? Like thinking back to the shot of the penguin looks like the bottom like a a, a a like page long bottom panel of like the cars drive off and then you see the little dot yeah. of the penguin kind of waddle for two two frames so back good. and forth so right good. like this is where those bits of comedy and come from and i think they actually did a super well job of translating a, a sort of feeling you get from certain types of batman comics um a, a lot of things like the long halloween and year one specifically kind of came to mind as far as like touchstones for this uh as far as tone like the way the tone shifts kind of feels like the way that the tone shifts in comics like one page you're getting like very uh emotional uh moments with batman trying to be very like oh my parents are dead and then like the next you have the 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 penguin the penguin like shooting a gun that shoots penguins or some shit you know like this is the tonal shift that comics do all the time and i think they actually kind of it, for me, it hit, and like for me, and I would say about a quarter of the theater that I was watching it in, it hit. We actually had enough people laughing out loud that I also was laughing with them. It, it, freed, it freed the rest of the audience to uh, meet the movie where it actually was, yeah, which yeah. is different than I think where the movie thinks it is. Um, yeah, I'm not and, sure, but you need, but you need the right audience to to get there. Yeah. I think. Um, the the part of it that gets messy with to me is about the Riddler and the kind of, um, the kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not symbolism, but, um, the, the, the things that they're pulling on from real life for his characterization, uh, the, the like touchstones that they're using. That's the word I was looking for. The touchstones that they use for the, the Riddler and his, the, the, the ways that he communicates when he's doing these murders and the way that he's radicalizing people online, 
touched so strongly to me to certain like certain specific forms of right wing radicalization online related to neo Nazis, the extreme right wing, the base, for example, Autumn Waffen, those types of groups mm-hmm. that the ideologies behind his methods like totally like that totally clashed for me, right? Him like using those like weird methods to take out corruption is like oh that's not what people have used that for in real life and this is weird to me now that you're kind of conflating those two things right the idea that he's taking out mobsters and people who are like uh benefiting on like a on a political like crime level instead of like right-wing nationalists are you know targeting people for being of a different race and things like that right like it's like the it's it's weird to see almost like beat for beat the types of things we've seen in right-wing online uh uh, radicalization applied to a different target you know um and to the point where it feels like they just took those aesthetics without really thinking like do these aesthetics line align themselves directly with that the ideology of the far right right like and that is kind of the biggest like moment of disconnect for me in this movie as far as like i really enjoyed all the tones of like the funny moments that are very obviously funny in like a comic way felt like kind of um what's the word I'm <laughs> oh no i plugged in this usb drive and it sent all of the yeah all of the photos to me oh, like, i was beautiful dying and especially funniest fucking shit the it's amazing funniest fucking the shit gordon like, gordon's response oh, to that is just like oh, oh boy oh, i'm gonna get it oh, i'm gonna it get so it oh funny. Funny. sticks oh There's i spilled so, yeah. all my i spilled all my pictures <laughs> oh, like, no. and, and, the, and the camera is panning down as he's going like blunk 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 and i am just like trying to stop myself from busting at my outbox i love staring at my email outbox whenever i open my phone like what have i sent recently um it's just like like, yeah like those parts like the overall like shifting tones of the of the movie worked except for i feel like his particular kind of formal the formal qualities it gave to the riddler felt really off to me well, I mean, because this movie is obsessed with liberalism. That's the thing, is that, like, yeah. this movie is obsessed with... Basically, I, I think what's happening here is that this movie loves policing way too much yeah. to understand anything about the images that it's using or anything, like... Yeah. Well, no, it understands them, but it's coming to conclusions that if you come from a perspective that is, like liberalism is kind of bullshit the movie just doesn't work it just doesn't work on on, on it also also implies like what is corrupting are the mob bosses not you know the the other parts of the system no it's just if we got rid of these also the movie never chooses just like rendon is it falcone or is it falcone we're not sure we're gonna use both of them and we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with it and hope nobody notices (laughs) well rayal like the rayal the other like uh, alternative mayoral candidate is like her whole thing is that she's like we're gonna rebuild people's faith in institutions that is her that is her whole like she is capital l it's basically like the the film is doing this thing where it's like you know who sucks? The bad, corrupt Democratic Party. <laughs> you know who's really great? The good, ideologically identical Democratic Party. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, we need to rebuild people's faith in institutions, which is to say, 
keep those institutions functioning in exactly the same way and actually allocating yeah. funds properly. And like, yes, funds do need to be allocated if properly. If we just means really tested against point. the right people, I, I, I really think this could all just yes, yes, yes. It's it's fucking incredible. Which the, is the hero of this movie, like one of the the secret hidden heights, like side heroes of this movie, is a former financial journal is a former like financial accountant who discovers a line on the books that lets him know that something's up here there's a line in this ledger that something's up with this money and that's the key to this whole thing is is people and institutions pointing out what's wrong and getting punished for it because that's what really matters is good people and institutions that stop bad things from happening because that's all you need and that's God. why folks it's not about vengeance it's about hope <laughs> well it's the, also about my this notebook that i really wish they had in the movie for more than two seconds where we briefly get pattinson opening up the gotham experiment <laughs> year two yeah. with it's these notes he's so making funny. It's um so funny. like i would i need i need i know there are they this was a very expensive film. That prop has to have more than the page in it. Like I have to imagine there's dozens of pages oh, that have been filled Robert out. Robert Pattinson filled it. Robert Pattinson. Right. I, that's all I, I can do. I guarantee. He's having so much fun in this movie. The, I, go yeah. If you've not yeah. read so interviews with him this during movie. this press tour, he is, seems like a delight, uh, a, like a wonderful, very introspective, like interesting person and seems to understand like the movie he's in better than the movie itself <laughs> might like he seems like him and Matt Reeves seem like they're operating at slightly different wavelengths of a film um but he is just go just google any interview with him he His is uh he has a lot of opinions incredible. on really interesting things and i mean that in <laughs> not in a all of a sudden we need to cancel Pattinson just he seems like he seems like a cool ass dude there's a there's a a version of this movie that i thought i was getting in the first half first three quarters almost even uh, where part of the, excuse me, no, excuse me, burping, uh, part of the, <laughs> the sort of what seems like part of the, the, um, point of, uh, the, the Riddler as like the, the nemesis in this one is like pointing out the, like the line, the moral line that Batman draws on, like no killing, no guns, that sort of thing. Um, as being like, as tr- trying to complicate that by having the Riddler kill these corrupt people that Batman would be going after, right? Like, ba- ba- normally this, these are the Batman villains that, like, in the early comics, like, before you start getting the, the kind of arch nemeses of the Riddler and, uh, Joker and all those, like, he's going after mob bosses. He's going after corruption in the police uh, departments. Um, but he only ever, like, uncovers it and like puts them in jail and then like this is kind of the thing with like the rogues gallery there is like he never kills them so they always come they always get out they always come back and like that sort of kind of like well what if you just put an end to them wouldn't that be better for society if that person could never do harm again uh and it doesn't actually it doesn't care about that question right it feels like it cares because he keeps saying like he keeps saying uh batman keeps talking about how he wants to change the city and whether or not what he's doing is actually changing the city, it keeps but getting, into what? At right. no point in this film no does he ever point. like. When I saw that, I mean, it's really early. Like, I think the opening to this movie is like 
I mean, again, like this movie looks so fucking yeah. cool. And I, yes. the score slaps. Like, I love the new theme. Every time it came on, I was like, yeah, like play that theme. Like, turn it, turn it up. Um, <laughs> I will say, really I feel good. like Danny Elfman could have backed off in one or two scenes. It feels like it never stops sometimes. There were some scenes where I'm like, we don't need the boom, boom, like muse, like the background going all the time, Danny. Like, Calm down. Danny Elfman did. And, well, look, I also love the original 1989 Batman that yeah. Danny Elfman did. Yeah. He didn't do this one. He did. Yeah, he did. No, did this he? Is, uh, Michael Michael Giacchino, the the oh the Kato, the last a lot guy, of time the last guy. Kato, there no, is, I thought I swore I saw. Why is my no. brain remembering Danny Elfman's name on the screen? No, nah, it is not. It is, Damn it! Is, uh, uh, Giacchino has done Sorry. the soundtracks for a bunch of Giacchino um, then. Uh, of stuff for whomever uh, it uh, was, Reeves. Giacchino. And I'm sorry I got that. Kato, could you but... hear the lost strings in this score? Because yes. that's one of his defining that, that bits. Makes there, more was a, sense. there was that a moment where I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm going, I'm on the, t- the I'm sitting on my chair going, that's the lost music. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was just the one thing. I, I feel like it all, the soundtrack never stops. It no. like well the movie never stops. No, the That's movie true never, too. The, well, the movie never <laughs> stops. The, movie st- the only moments the movie stops are to show Robert Pattinson staring at objects or thinking <laughs> about when he was staring at an object. Which is yeah. again, I fucking love Robert Pattinson in this movie so much because mm-hmm. like, d- God damn, is he having the best time? Is is so ob like. Every time Batman opens his mouth, it is the most awkward fucking shit you have literally ever heard the most like awkward sleep deprived line deliveries you've ever heard it is yeah it is a it is a godsend i fucking i fucking love it just he's uh, there is um it's great i was was one of the interviews they were talking about like uh they asked him about how do you adopt like the voice right because he this one has the least of the i must adopt a gravelly tone you know, when I'm in the Batman mode that is yeah. distinctly different than than Bruce Wayne mode. And he, he said there was like a two week period when they shot the movie where he tried to like adopt his like version of that. And at some point, like Reeves comes to him and she's like, you got to just fucking stop. Like, we're going to shoot all that over again. We're like, not we're not doing this. Like, it's not working. It's not interesting. Um, I just thought it was like so <laughs> funny. So I was like, I, I have no idea this influenced how the film was shot or his, his delivery. But this was uh, I kind of got the impression that like Reeves, uh, like he this was a covid shot movie for the most part. And. Mm-hmm. He was like very, he had really high, uh, really low, like risk tolerance, like when they were on set to the point where um, he would not like traditionally when you shoot a movie, like a director could come out and like give specific directions on set for what the like right. the, the actor should be doing. You know, like and a director, you know, like movie. a director. And he, if I had read this right, didn't really do a lot of that. He was still on set, but he had an earpiece attached in Pattinson's ear the entire time to give him real time directions on what to do in the in the film that I feel like once you know that I feel like you can feel it in the movie I like that feel it so oh fucking obviously that there is a guy just telling him what because that's what honestly he feels like a mech movie. being driven by another person when he turns around <laughs> like that is what it feels so like uh, Matt Reeves is going Pattinson will be mine not heaven um, so fucking funny the way that he moves through scenes in this film is fucking 
hilarious. I thought he was maybe doing problems. a RoboCop it's... bit sometimes. Like it, it, it teetered on the edge of being that robotic at at points. <laughs> like when he when he's fucking talking and they're like, so at the beginning of the movie, at the first crime scene, at the mayor's crime scene, the mayor has a son. And, ba- and fucking Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman is like, that reminds me of me when I was a kid. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, no. But they're like, all right, Batman, we got to get out of here. The police commissioner's furious that you're here. We got to go. And as they're walking out, he fucking starts walking past a door and sees the kid and fucking like a first person shooter protagonist turns his whole fucking body yeah. to look at the kid. Head does not move. Nope. Full fucking human <laughs> for- torso rotation. <laughs> to fucking look at this kid on the ground and be like, damn, that's a sad kid. And it's like, yeah, Batman, that is a pretty sad kid. Pretty fucked up, right? And he just stands there for so long before turning his whole fucking body in <laughs> direction and walking out. It is fucking incredible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kyle, you might be able to... We, we got some uh, questions in field. Maybe mm. you have, a, I think, a better sense... Of of the Rogues Gallery of of Batman than than maybe uh, Ren or I do. Carolyn asked, um, "Which villain should Batman kiss the most?" Is that true, Ren? How how is your Batman? Nothing. I know nothing. I, okay. I know I don't know nothing, but I don't know my. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. Not I, didn't, I didn't mean to assume. I sort of picked that up based on our conversation. So <laughs> I just want to. I, yeah. I think Ren and I are closer. Right. On yeah, that I'm than, close. I'm close to. I'm close to Patrick in this. In this. In this. I case. mean. I mean. Should has. Should. Should because <laughs> the whole in her phrase. The whole thing phrasing. is that like like he and the Joker are like the dis, uh, dysfunctional couple, and that mm-hmm. that is just like classic like pairing. But have they ever kissed? Probably, honestly, I wouldn't. You know, mm, probably. <laughs> it was, and there's the Joker planting it, obviously, like as like a "ooh, aren't I so silly?" Uh, sort of moment, but uh. Um, who who should he kiss? I'm gonna look. I mean, up. he he would probably want to kiss Two Face. Like he had a thing. Well, you with have two. Yeah, two faces. Harvey date. Yeah, two faces. Two two times the kisses. <laughs> Most kissable Batman villains. No kissable. So many, that's li- not so many, different. That's so. That's different. I just thought it might give me some ideas of things I could I could like list for you, and we could talk about them. But there's so many fucking lit. This is a, a the internet of lists. Got lots of lists about Batman. Top 10 well, yeah. sexiest Batman characters. I don't think that's going to help me hobby lark. No. Because, uh, um, yeah, you know, I mean, Harvey Dent was a fucking assistant. He he just loves uh, the law and shit when it's not corrupt, so... He would. He would probably. Well, Batman kiss him. does like the. I mean, <laughs> Batman. Batman does like the police in this movie. This movie likes the police. This movie likes this movie. the police, which is a fucking I mean, weird this movie thing. Fucking for loves to, the police. For the police. I don't know. I don't know how you can't. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it. Even at moments, you know, you get Batman making a small quip about police work and being like, "Well, I'm doing it better" or whatever, right? And you'd think for a moment that it's not gonna lean wholeheartedly, but by the end, it totally leans wholeheartedly into, like. No, actually, like once the corruption gone, Batman's like totally cool with the rest of them. <laughs> like well, this is also like part of the movie's whole relationship with violence, which yeah. is like like Batman, like the whole rule, like the whole like joke. We're like, does Batman kill people or doesn't he kill people? Right? 
one of the things this movie does is like Batman will not directly kill someone or allow someone to directly kill another person. Mm -hmm. However, boy, does this motherfucker love facilitating other people's deaths through, (laughs) through obvious negligence. (laughs) Fucking there's a, there's a, a, okay. So who else does that? I wonder. (laughs) Falcone, Falcone, he walks Falcone out of this fucking place. Oh dramatic. no! I was oh, waiting for God. someone to say, "Say the line, Ren. Say <laughs> the line. Bring the rat into the light. We're gonna bring the rat into the light." And so he brings Falcone out to be like, "We're gonna arrest this guy." God, and then the Riddler God. shoots him. By the way, that's a thing that I was talking to someone about with about the shot of the, of uh, Falcone being shot. Is the shot is treated like he has been shot in the head. The way he reacts to being shot, the way he falls, the way he hits the ground, the whole thing is being like, this man was just shot in the fucking dome. And he's not, because this is a PG-13 movie, and yep. therefore they're not allowed to, to show be an this R-rated dude. Movie. Yeah. They are not allowed to show this man being shot in the head. And so instead, he just acts like it and falls to the ground. Yeah, his brain should have has been blown up like yeah like, that is the, the way this riddler is portrayed is like yeah. he shot him in the face and did the most violent spectacular kill possible right, but they can't show it because they yeah. have to show bruce wayne looking at his body so they can't show him getting fucking domed well, uh, but the whole thing is that, spe- like he's like bring him out into the light and i'm gonna kill him which like i'm sorry dude if i was batman and i was like I'm going to really publicly bring this guy outside this building after I've been played this entire movie. And I'm aware that I've been played this entire yeah. movie. Oh, he got shot. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. I don't like a shot. How'd that happen? I had no way of knowing this would happen. Oh, man. Guy got, guy got shot. Oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, man. Oh, it's a shame that guy got shot. I didn't want guy to get shot. Please pay don't pay attention to the times I didn't want guy to get shot. And also, like... You know who is allowed to shoot people in this movie? You know who's allowed to shoot people a lot in this movie? Detective Gordon. <laughs> Detective Gordon is allowed to fucking yep. anyone he wants to. Detective Gordon gets to bop, 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 literally anybody. He can kill whoever the fuck in this movie and be like, good job, buddy. Um, Selena Kyle, not allowed to murder. Batman, not allowed to murder. Right. Um, well, this is this was part of I thought like the the separation that they were trying to make, and the like very like one or two moments where Batman kind of makes a snide remark about police, seeing that he's drawn that line and he sees the police on the other side of it in a way, even though if some of them have good intentions, quote unquote. But then it doesn't it like doesn't do anything with that, and then like completely like leans into imagery and like stuff at the end where it's like, oh no, they're fine with the cops. It's like, there's good ones according to Batman. (laughs) When I was saying say the line run, I thought you were leading up to as Falcone says, like, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to leave this place and you're just going to let, I'm just going to walk right out. We're just going to do this all over again. And then Gordon, you know, as they, as they, before he gets shot, you know, lead the rat into the light. He's like, oh really? Well, there's some good ones of us too, and then like triumphant <laughs> music comes up. Police, yeah, cuts to a but, but I mean, a fucking police. I don't, who are like, you know, we're here look, to the, put them to put the bad guy away. And look, Batman as a character, like, works with the police, right? Like, I don't like, I can, I can sort of set aside the messy politics of that for like the the roots of the character and the relationships that are like established in in that world. But what I haven't took issue with was like the movie just doesn't 
set like does all the set dressing of wanting to grapple with like that being some sort of complicated messy relationship yeah. that the the systems are all corrupt in different ways and it's it's in the policing it's in the politicians yada yada but we don't again for a movie that's both too short and too long no time is spent with like Gotham PD like we don't get any time like who are these good no. people did Gordon give no. a fucking rousing speech no, uh, did he like did he start a commission and uh like got rid of the bat like who are these good people what does it mean that there's that good cop, that like that they found him hey that, Patrick I'll have you know that that would require Batman to not be on screen for an entire scene <laughs> and Matt Reeves will not be having that in this film <laughs> or or there's that one there's that one cop at the end who's like I uh yeah I know what that is that's a carpet uh what is it called carpet carpet that's lifter it. because I'm a cop from a poor background and so I have family members who worked in 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 carpet laying so I know that and that's why I'm a good one. <laughs> yeah, that, that that the movie actually starts with that same cop being the one who's like, "Are we sure, sure we really want to let this guy in here?" He like yeah. meets Batman like six times throughout this movie, <laughs> and every time he's like, "You know what? I think this guy's got the right idea." And then at the end of the movie, when Batman is rescuing people, there's a sh- okay so. After the seawall breaks, this is an important thing to note about this movie. Like the end of this movie, the the, the, the film's final theme is important to note here because I think we've glossed over it a little bit. <laughs> Water rushes into the theater. There's a there's a, a swaying electrical line ready to touch the water and electrocute all the people down there. And so Batman crawl climbs over this fucking electrical wire and cuts it and falls down into the water with the like piece of like building right after the after electricity has been cut and so it won't hurt anyone and then because holy shit does this movie love using christ-like imagery for batman (laughs) he fucking he rises from the water born again and lights this fucking flare. Yeah, he's literally baptized. He's literally baptized and lights this flare. Also, he dies. He does die. Like there is a, there's a, there's like a shot that I'm not, not not death, but like in the met, in the, the metaphor of the film, right? He dies. He is shot in the chest. He falls in the ground by a shotgun. He shot in the chest with a shotgun. He falls to the ground. He's like dying. Uh, Catwoman is trying to protect him. He jams an adrenaline shot in his leg he gets up. He beats the shit out of a dude to the point of, I think, killing him. I think it is. It is, no, it is he, almost. He Ill- survives because he gives the line. He's the one who gives the line. It's the oh, same one. He gives the right. You're right. He does give the I am vengeance line. Yep. Um. And so he beats the shit out of this dude to the point where Gordon is like, Jesus Christ. Dog, yeah. You got to like, do Gordon has to pull him off. Holy, like, holy shit, dude. Because he's taking this adrenaline shot and he's like completely lost his fucking shit because he's, you know, high on adrenaline. Uh, and then he cuts this thing down after this like extreme act of physical violence after taking this adrenaline shot, hits the water, gets up, and then he lights this flare. And then it's a really gorgeous shot yeah. of Batman walking neck deep, like chest deep in this water, barely holding this flare up as like three dozen people slowly start to like crawl out of the rubble and walk behind him. It's a, it's a gorgeous shot. Yeah. Like I will I will give them that. And then the film goes on to like show Batman instead of beating the shit out of people, like helping kids and like holding the hands of little kids as they're like lifted up and like airlifts to hospitals, right? And the film goes, and then sorry, not the film. Robert Pattinson goes, I can't just be vengeance anymore. There's some I have to become something else too. 
hope. <laughs> and then the fucking montage keeps going. And and this is like the film's like thematic core, right? Is that the Batman cannot just be vengeance. Cannot just be wearing eye black all the time. It also has to be hope. Isn't that a line from like the Nolan movies? Like you have and to be a symbol. I forget loves. like that, that's like a line in Begins or The Dark Knight or I mean it's just like that's that's a that, that that's just the arc of Batman. Um, yeah, it's so like it's for a that peak being liberalism too, because he's like, I, I gotta be a symbol of hope in institutions to restore people's faith in in the city of Gotham, and whatever the fuck that means. Because by I'm the way, get Shepherd Fairy to make me a cool poster. This has been pointed out before <laughs> about like about Gotham as like a setting, and nowhere has it been more apparent than this movie. Who the fuck is living? Who the fuck is staying here? <laughs> who, the, who the fuck is living? There is a shot of eight dudes in Joker makeup sitting on a train together. And if I saw that once, I would fucking leave. And I would fucking leave forever. There's a dude running down the street with fucking pumpkin head mask. Who just, by the way... <laughs> the opening shot of this movie is a bunch of people in like in like a in like a bodega and this motherfucker walks in with this pumpkin head mask and people keep buying shit like that is normal because the whole thing was like oh it's halloween Halloween. night yeah Uh, nyc no it's fine i I I reject that new york does not care on city no in new york in new york but this is what i'm saying it's new york York, gotham fucking ain't yes they are it literally is yes that that is that's what they're doing but this film pull from right like is the yes the 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 at the moment those comics were being made new york was a much uh more a much seedier place than it is right. these days now it's a fucking playground for everyone but right this is true at the time and that's where like it's still that's where they still pull from a lot uh like these days for like um cultural touchstones for the modern movies right it's like it's still even though the first the other one's chicago technically metropolis is chicago in the dc universe yeah. but whatever uh <laughs> But like, yeah, Gotham is the New York analog for sure. Yes, and but nobody in New York would fucking blink an eye at some guy walking into a thing on no. on Halloween. I mean, no, we have fucking we deal with fucking SantaCon every year. God, I'm by not going to look at anyone. No, no, no. In New York, someone <laughs> I've one day I was walking down the street, and my friend was like, "Did you see that guy bleeding from his face?" And I was like, "I didn't see fucking shit." <laughs> I didn't, I, and I won't, and I oh, won't even God. look up to see the guy bleeding from his face. That's not my fucking business. Don't see shit. Don't say shit. Um, is my one note, but also the, the the difference being that like this film wants to pull on the touchstones of old Gotham and like the touchstones of old New York, while at the same time having some really awkward lines about straight white men. Just some of the most <laughs> awkwardly delivered lines yeah. from from Rael, mm-hmm. from Selena Kyle. If if there is a woman of color in this movie, she's gonna draw attention to the fact that straight white men do things. Yeah, um, that they are without the, they fail. Are the, they are the problem, which I mean, they they can be. So like, yeah, hundred like, percent, no, hundred percent. But like but the way it's that it's deployed here, yeah, yes, it is delivered with this like tongue in cheek, like straight white men are at it again, <laughs> like womp, womp. <laughs> attitude that is like really fucking weird, especially yeah. like given who made the film uh the lines feel very strange I mean, and dismissive they feel extremely dismissive 
it, it does feel it i mean i thought it felt like someone being worried they would be canceled for the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah like, oh, that's wait, exactly but no, what it feels but no, like no we actually we get it we get it too don't worry we're, we're just making commentary about the other stuff <laughs> totally out of character for selena Ka- just like the, like yeah uh, like the line comes out of her mouth and i'm like where the fuck did that line come from because this entire movie she's just been like on her shit gonna get my bag and protect my girlfriend who's dead and yeah. then she like slips that line in there and it's like okay cool movie's also obsessed cool. with who your parents are i've never seen a movie who cares more about who your parents are or yeah. aren't than this one i mean like unsurprisingly um but it, it's it's a very it's a one of the strangest films i've ever seen i would say it's like it, it, it's up there as one of the fucking oddest things i've ever engaged with it is almost an entire like comic mini arc in one movie which is a lot yeah a lot for a comic for a movie to hold because comic mini arcs are usually you know what like six issues or something uh, yeah, six if this, if this thing was <laughs> you know th- there's a th- there's a uh like a full hour of this film where catwoman is just gone like well she's a, a very important part of the story but not for this part of the story and that that's where if it was a six episode miniseries of course yeah fine yeah we're this we're there's focusing on this yeah. for the episode and uh but it feels so odd where there was a moment where she like came back. I think it might have been like maybe the Batmobile sequence. I don't know. At some point, but she comes back and I'm like, oh, right. You're in this movie. Just forgot about yeah. it. You know, like there was been a, a while since I've seen you, Selena. Nice, I, nice for you to come back around. I'm trying to remember what the like order of there's, there's a cut in this movie that like threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, and now Catwoman is here and we're in a building. And there's like it's one of the more awkward cuts in the movie. The rest of the movie is actually kind of very slow to like come in and out of scenes usually mm-hmm. but there was one where like okay and now we're reintroducing Catwoman she's back into the plot and that felt like both drawing just like because it's uh, oh yeah she hadn't been there for a minute but also like literally it felt like it was sliced in at the last second like oh shit we have to get this in here <laughs> was that the she tried to send me a message scene is uh, that the one you're talking about where maybe she's like maybe when she ticks out the phone eventually she- yeah, she takes out the phone. She's got the guy tied up, and she's pointing a gun at his head. Yes, and then yeah, Batman's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, right. so like, yeah. what? Catwoman just solves problems in this movie. Yeah. She just like anytime <laughs> Batman doesn't have it on lock, Catwoman's been like, I've been working this for like literally three weeks. I have all the information that you don't. Yeah, and Batman's like, cool. Can I just follow you around? And she's like, no. And then he does anyway. Um. Um. And uh, yeah, it's it's extremely funny. Oh, the sh- yeah, like like it feels like every murder in these serial murder series should have been an episode. You're totally right, Patrick, right, about right. this feeling like a, a, a like a mini series. Yeah, and I think it would have just helped structurally with what like the story. Like the the I think there are problems in the bones of this like story, but I think that like there is a squeezing it into a film is like really a lot of a lot of its issue. I I do have to. I it came up to me. Uh, while we were talking here, I, I want to be remiss if I did not mention um, far. I think probably my favorite shot in the film is, and I wish the movie had this more. The movie doesn't really know how to, is Bruce Wayne slash Batman a genius or is he like a total dumbass that is just cosplaying as a genius? And I don't, the movie like drifts in between those states in ways that I found frustrating because probably, and again, this speaks to the comedic parts of the film this might have been the only one that truly broke through to the audience because the movie is just hits you over a hammer with it is that when he gets to the top when he's trying to leave uh to escape the police 
uh, station, mm-hmm. and he he, sh- he he runs to oh the top God, of the yes. building. Yes, and he gets an opportunity to use the bat suit or what you know, for whatever so the para- you know the glider that he it's has come like, up for. Yeah, suit. it's like a flying when suit. He, when he gets up there, and the movie spent again. This is where like having an, an extraordinary runtime like can allow a movie to linger in a way that I appreciated. The amount of time that it just they spend with him thinking, "Oh fuck, I'm here at the top of the building. Now I have to what? jump now." Is yeah. Like my stomach was actually kind of a knot because the performance and the shots like conveyed what he was about to do. And he was clearly like there was an indication maybe he hasn't done enough testing on this thing. Yeah, does this thing work yet? I don't know. But here we go. And when he jumps and you get and it actually might be one of the like the the sequencing of it is really brilliant, too, because you get the anxiousness and then he jumps and you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then, uh. You know, it, it sprouts out and he starts flying and he's getting a little bit of confidence. And you're like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah. And the camera is so tight on the character. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, he kind of loses his balance a little bit, like crashes right into a car and hits it like a pile of bricks. And I am I mean, at least most of the audience laughed <laughs> no, it's at that even point worse. because hold on, it's even worse because what he does is he pulls his fucking chute. Right? He thinks, okay, I'm coming in for a landing. The parachute starts to open, and then it fucking catches onto a low bridge. Right, and he right, fucking right. careens out from under it. Fucking whipped out. It was amazing. Well, it's he doesn't just whip out. He hits the fucking ceiling. Yeah. Bounces off into an oncoming truck. Like, into a truck, which then hits him further. He hits the car. Then he hits a motorcycle. And then he just lays <laughs> there for a second. Bounces like, twice on the concrete and so rolling. Fucking good. Oh, <sighs> it's it's one of the funniest shots in the movie, yeah. and no one fucking laughed. I, the Williamsburg Ugh. cinema was fucking silent this entire because it, it was one of the. It, it did feel wow. like that was a a moment of them leaning in. I mean, it, yes, it still has kind of like the the depiction is hyper violent or like the the, the grittiness that the, the the aesthetic of the movie is going for. But it's it's so cartoonish that I don't know how you couldn't laugh yeah at. like it is uh, like i don't know I, I don't know how you couldn't at least to me i don't know how you couldn't not have that reaction to that scene because it felt it felt very intentional and I, I kind of wish the movie was peppered with more moments like that where you're kind of seeding a little doubt of well you know uh, uh bruce and and batman as a character like i would have loved if he just like flubbed a riddle and was just like had to just like pretend he didn't fuck it up. And you're like, well, he does, doesn't he? He kind of does like fl- the fucking uh, well. Well, no, he does. They, he flubs a riddle and then they recover it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With URL, URL, URL. <laughs> God, fucking uh, La Rada. URL. Yeah, fucking, and it goes URL, and then he types. No, how's English? Espanol. It's so. Fucking funny. The penguin shout out. Oh right, because the penguin's the one that points out. Am I the only one that knows <laughs> L or La? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> like he was, he was definitely one of those like moments where it's like, okay, yeah, they're fucking. He's a funny fucking character. Like, yeah. that was like he was the really most continuously good. like um uh not continuously uh what's the word I'm looking for. I'm sorry, I lost it. Consistently, thank you. Yes, consistently funny whenever he showed up in a scene, right? But uh, he wasn't quite in a different movie, but he felt it felt like a very confident performance. Yes, of like I know, I know what this character is. I know what I'm going for, and I think part of the way it works is because it, it's I feel sort of contract, like it feels more cartoonish than the rest of the 
film, but it ends up working by having in a movie that has no comic relief built into it by design, even though it has comic elements to it. Yeah. Like every time Colin Farrell came on on screen to be the penguin, I was like, oh, like this is the one moment the movie is going to let like release on me is because I know this character. That's all they can do. <laughs> Robert Pattinson and Colin Farrell are are acting in the same movie. Yes. And that is a totally different movie than anyone else is in. (laughs) No one else is in that movie. And Colin Farrell and Robert Pattinson are off on the side having their own little movie. They're in a Batman movie. Everyone else is in a gritty reboot movie of something else. (laughs) (laughs) In a cop procedural. Um, We got this uh, question is, I don't know this term, but I feel like Brandon Cotto, you'd be able to illuminate it. This is is based on uh, Gordon's complete fuck up with the USB drive, which I really feel like Batman for being as smart as you are also could have God, bailed out Gordon there a little so bit. Yeah, so Dark Base writes, Hey folks, I know the Batman is new and inexperienced and I loved how that was reflected in the fight sequences, but I just can't get over both bats and Gordon not using an air gap computer to view the Riddler's thumb drive. Surely this sort of thing is common knowledge by now, especially by a modern police detective. <laughs> Love them so much, and as a huge fan of Batman since I was three, I was tickled that it premiered on my birthday. Also, happy belated to my fellow birthday twin, Ren. Thanks for all uh, that you do. I don't air know, gapped what is, what is an air gap computer? A computer that has never been connected to the internet and cannot be connected oh. to the internet. Right. So ah. usually when you're doing, you know, for cybersecurity reasons, when you're doing some like, like snooping around in something that you're not sure where it came from, you use one of these computers because then something can't be escape, escape it. Right. 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 So like the, that specific thing would have been stopped by an air gapped computer, a computer that did not connect to any network. Uh, and I think this person, it's very funny how. Uh, advanced they think technology is in police departments because the only technology that's advanced in police departments is the fucking weaponry and armor that they yeah. get and not their fucking computer systems like cybersecurity is woefully horribly like super bad in 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 uh, a lot of police departments across the u.s and no they would not know that the average person does not would not think that that's a thing that you should do when you're picking up a random flash drive. They're just like, oh yeah, let's see what's on it and plug it in. And that's how the hackers win. <laughs> like that's, that's why hacking works because people do not know this knowledge, like do not think about it and will just plug things into random computers. We've been talking around the thumb drive a lot and not like directly, <laughs> but we should, we should talk about the one oh! of the funniest jokes in this movie. <laughs> so, so there's a cipher and they're solving the cipher and they're like, man the cipher seems to be incomplete and then robert pattinson goes what if the cipher is complete and they fucking scan the cipher and they remove all the letters that they don't know and what it reveals is that the actual letters on the page like make the shape of the word drive and then batman's like hmm drive let's go to his car garage and he goes to the fucking mayor's car garage and he's walking through and he's like that's the car i can tell because it's obviously marked as the car by the pair of pliers next to it um <laughs> or in the door or something it's like there's a there's a i think it was in a tire uh, in it was tire. in a there's tire like, and it's the it's i think of are they garden shears or something something yeah. that was obviously used to cut off a piece of a right. body. <laughs> right. Because it's and got then he blood opens the it. car. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, he's like, drive. And then Gordon's like, drive isn't like car. That's really fucking stupid. And then Batman opens the door and he goes, 
thumb drive and he pulls out this fucking usb drive with a thumb stuck to it and it's so fucking funny and then gordon's like well how are we gonna open this drive and batman goes thumb drive and (laughs) fucking opens up and it's got like this thumbprint scanner and then gordon's like oh i guess i'll do this and he fucking does it it's so good it's so incredibly good very, yeah, very. but yeah, no. Police, the police would not think to to do that normally, unless you have a good cyber security division, which many don't. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can sp- speak to that myself. If you and if you ever had to go to your local police department and ask them uh, to explore, or rather, explain to them what swatting is, and then the conclusion of that conversation being, "We can't help you." Um, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, so. What do I do if? Someone calls in a, a SWAT team on me, and I've already flagged to you that someone might do that to me. Well, we're going to show up anyway. It's like, okay, okay. Well, it's going to thank you. Uh, well, but we'll make a, a note in your file. I was like, I don't know what that means. Will they be able to access that if they are going to my house? No. It's like, okay, well. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you. It is on you. a record. <laughs> it's on a record to say that they did something so that I can the person was very nice. It was not their it was not that person's fault. Yeah. That is a systemic lack of training and uh resources for something that will become increasingly a problem going forward and they're not equipped for it. Yeah. Um we we've addressed a bunch of the other questions like, you know, Paul Paul and Phoenix, I love when people put their locations. Uh the movie forum I frequent has been pretty effusive in its praise for the film. But I found it long to the point that I didn't care if there was a credit stinger and just left. Even the end of Return of the King didn't have me itching to uh, to just be done uh, like this movie did. My alone in thinking of the movie needed 30 to 45 minutes edited out of it. Uh, I, I don't know that you could have edited 30 to 45 can't, minutes can't out of it. You 30 also, minutes from this film. That's, the pro- that's part of the did. structural I issue. I think they did. I'm I'm horrible. I'm usually very bad at answering this specific type of question because I'm the uh-huh. motherfucker that played Destiny for 23 hours over the weekend. Uh-huh. Yep. So movies don't feel long to me unless they're really, really, really poorly paced. And oftentimes it's like a 90 minute movie that feels poorly paced. It's like, wow, that took forever. It's like that. That that was ninety minutes, my guy. I'm like, no, <laughs> that that wasn't three hours. I didn't just sit through three hours of garbage. Like, no. But like, yeah, this totally lengthwise. It felt like, uh, it needed to be split and more in a TV show. <laughs> I, if the movie if the movie ended before the, this movie deliberately doesn't have a whole lot of action. Um, yeah, like mm-hmm. it like really carefully chooses its like fight sequences. They're pretty brief and like have a lot of intensity to them. Like the, the hallway sequence with Batman is like really fucking cool to look at. Um, um, you know, the fight in the intro, uh, when he fights the, the skull gang is cool. Uh, and then it, whether it was a studio note or just really poor scripting on Reeves's part, like the whole, the bombs blowing up with the river just feels like, all oh, right, all right. These movies need to have like crescendo. They need to have a big, the action sequence at the end. And I wonder how the movie would, I don't think it'd be like perfect by any means, but if the movie just sort of ended after the Riddler was caught and that was the conclusion of that without anything that happens yeah. with the water and the bombs, um, 
that's almost a 30 to 45 minutes you could cut out is just take out the fourth act of the film. Take yeah, out the fourth act of the fucking movie. Oh my God. It but, is... but then he doesn't make the transformation from vengeance to hope, Patrick. Yeah, he does. That is when he changes Jesus from stuff. being super punchy man to self sacrificing man who's going to get hurt for to help other people instead. Just make, just have like a, 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 a trilogy. I think they can move that. Act. Batman, Batman has to see that kid. Yeah. You know, he sees him in the beginning. <laughs> He sees him at the church, have that kid see him as he's like, also, that's he the walks kid. out from Book and Riddler. That's the and he sees that kid again. He goes, I gotta, I gotta be hope for that. That's kid. the same fucking, uh, no, am I right kid. or wrong? That is, is that the yeah, same? No, he saves the kid. That's the kid, the kid at the, at the end, end, right? That's the same oh, fucking kid. Okay. No, no, there's two well, kids. There's two kids. There's two kids. Are, are you there? thinking of the one that's get airlifted? No, 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 no. no. I'm thinking about no, the one in the scene in the water. In the water, he reaches out to a group of people. This is the whole like thematic thing of like people are too afraid of the Batman, and he and the the like normal citizens are also still afraid of the Batman. But he's like reaching out, and nobody will like take his hand to like get out of this rubble, which like. At that point, I'm stuck in rubble. I'm reaching to whomever's going to pull me out. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? But the first person who does is that kid, that kid whose dad died, uh, that he's seen two times before in this movie. But that kid is like, I'm not afraid of the Batman. Please help me out of this water, sir. I'm going to (laughs) drown. Yeah. Um, No, so the movie, like, does technically do the things it should for the character arc. Like, like, I think they're theoretically doing all of them. Yeah. In fact, they're doing too much of them. Like, you're, you're right in that they added a fourth fucking act to this movie. What they needed to do was... I really think that the problem... The thing that kind of bloats this movie is the Wayne family drama. The Wayne yeah. family drama is what takes up about an hour of this movie and does not add much because it because no. they because they go back on it. What they could have done was been like okay thomas wayne was you know all of this all of these things he wasn't of course he was corrupt just let him be corrupt corrupt. let him be corrupt but then alfred is like no your dad wasn't corrupt when he asked that he made a a really stupid mistake he was a fucking your dad by by doing that has become corrupt like i'm sorry that was a mistake my guy maybe but he asked a crime boss to go beat someone up basically which like maybe i'm reading too much into this he crime bossed a little bit too close to the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but for, like given the, the the propensity of the rest of the movie to lean to the specific types of liberalism, it it felt a little bit of like that whinging like uh cancel culture, but like they only did one bad thing and then they're okay and like now you're being yes. canceled for it yes. because you did one he bad thing. He didn't mean to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exact, that's exactly, exactly the thing where I'm like... Exactly. He had a oh heated, he had a heated, politi- yes, a heated politician he moment. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, heated politician moment. It's literally what he said. He did a little it's bit of a kill. He did a little bit of a kill. He felt so bad about... Your dad felt so bad about the kill. <laughs> um... So I don't know. Uh, it I will say uh, I think we spent most of the time talking about the movie picking apart the parts that don't really work. So I think a lot of parts don't work. I don't know that I had a bad time. I feel like I would enjoy the movie yeah. a lot more on a second watch. I had a because good time. I know what the movie is. I know what the vibe is. Having that phrase that you've now I will not be able to remove from it of it being not intentional camp. What was gritty the, camp? Uh, gritty, gritty camp, camp yeah. is so. Good. And when I come to the movie more honestly, I feel like I'm going to be able to appreciate the highs and lows of it or look over the lows more because um, that's just a great way of looking at the the movie. When I got home, 
to my roommate. I was like, I told her all of these things. And she's like, so you didn't like the movie? And I was like, no, I did like the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, actually, it was for, pretty fun. For all, of, for all of this, here's, here's, the, here's the test. I tweeted about this. Yesterday, I did not sleep great the night before. Uh, I had a very, very stressful, emotional like situation earlier in the day. And then I went to go see the film, The Batman. I have narcolepsy. I have fallen asleep in most movies I've seen in theaters every year for the last seven years since, since I developed symptoms. I stayed awake for all three hours of the Batman. I was fucking <laughs> the, ba- the base of this movie the, the soundtrack film, would not let you. Yeah, film, that's what I was going to say. Like- this fucking movie was locked on to my ass. We are saying like this movie happened to me for three hours and you know what it happened enough that i stayed awake there were enough (laughs) moments where i was where i was had to make the choice to stifle a laugh in a dead silent theater one of the things i mean like it's it's a good movie it's a good movie or like it's a it's entertaining there there are far far worse ways to spend three hours i do not regret any of it no, I would have loved to watch it in a group setting. Like that sounds it is, like, like instead uh, of if going I could have just paid, film, yes, alone. paid sixty bucks to watch it with my friends in my house, where we all oh my at the moment where the thumb drive thing happens, we pause, we go around the room, we talk about how we're going to reframe our response to this film, and then we proceed so we can all be on the same page. <laughs> Ideal. Ideal. Instead of going to see it alone at the Williamsburg Cinema where every single motherfucker in that theater treated it like the most serious shit I've ever seen. I do want to have a quick shout out though. Quick shout out to the guy sitting in front of me reading the end of Chainsaw Man. I hope you're okay, dude. <laughs> I watched I watched a dude reading the end of the manga Chainsaw Man in front of oh me before the showing. And I was I was watching that oh, dude's leg amazing. bounce up oh, and down, amazing. phone in his hand as he is reading the end of Chainsaw Man in front of me. I'm like, oh dude, you do not want to start that chapter. At the beginning of this movie, you are starting that chapter during the fucking ad roll of this film. You are not going to be able to finish that chapter, King. I can see Denji talking to. I can see Denji talking to, um, uh, the little chain, his little chainsaw buddy. I can see that happening. You are going to be sad. You are not going to be able to pay attention to this fucking movie. I hope he's okay. I also liked his fit. He had like a nice like jacket on. He seemed like a nice dude. Shout out to that guy who was sitting in front of me. He also went alone. Shout out to a king. He and I were like energetically aligned during the film. I hope this is the hope in the, in the depths of my heart is that he and I were sitting there both being like, why the fuck isn't everyone laughing at this movie? Because as, as two Chainsaw Man appreciators in that theater, that was incredible. I also think that like... God, I think that I think this movie is deeply poisoned by the legacy of Marvel films. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. Is that like what what superhero movies have become made the audience completely unprepared for what this movie was in a lot of ways. I can definitely I can definitely see that. It was also weird. I watched um like I saw a lot of people before this come out, like, oh, I'm gonna rewatch all the Nolan Batman films. And I was like, Don't no, I'm gonna that. rewatch I'm gonna rewatch the Burton. Yeah, Batman films. Um, so and you was, made the correct decision. Patrick. Well, and so it, they're fascinating movies to watch. I forgot how fucking weird Batman Returns is. You, whatever you think in your memory, how weird that movie is, 
I assure you it's a thousand times weirder than um than what you remember. Trying to explain to my daughter what happens to Michelle Pfeiffer during her transformation to Catwoman. She's like, did the cats kill her? I was like, Jessica, we just, there's, I don't know. Don't, is she a cat now? Maybe, don't worry about it. But the, no the original, the 1989 Burton film uh has so much of, a Burton who like has his own, almost his own form of camp that is like pervasive in a lot of his, his work. That move, like the original one is you can feel the camp bursting through, but it's like restra- it's restrained in the film, whether it's through he, he had not become a big blockbuster director. Yet. He, he had had Beetlejuice uh, at that point, um, but he, he wasn't quite at the, at the height of his powers um, commercially. Uh, and so that movie feels like him restraining himself in like his own uh, uh, sort of like creative pursuits. And then <laughs> Batman's a big success. He makes Batman Returns and the studio is just like, I don't know, man make whatever movie you want to make. And Batman Returns is just like an unrestrained weirdo, like shooting a film for a couple of hours. I, I can't, I can't recommend it more. They're both on HBO Max uh, or uh, no Hulu. Weirdly, the other Batman movies are on HBO Max, the, the 1989 and Batman Returns, which maybe 91 or whatever is on, on Hulu. They're wildly entertaining films. And I think we'll actually better prepare you for the vibe of the Batman than watching the self-serious Nolan films uh, would. Um, I think you'll have a better time as a result. Good movie. I'm again, want to apologize to Mr. Reeves and Patterson for not wanting to fuck Robert Pattinson enough. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry because it's so obvious how much this movie wants you to want. There should have been a poll at the end. You know, like you get a push notification on your phone, like Mr. Reeves did, would like to know. Did you did you also want to fuck Robert Pattinson this entire movie? To which I was like, not really. It's okay. Like it's not his fault, but like <laughs> but like, wow, does this movie want this the the few scenes where his shirt are where his shirt is off, this movie is like, look at that guy's sinew. Look at this man's sinew and hands. And it's like, that is some sinew and hands. Yeah. Um <laughs> This is this is one of the most made for straight people movies I think I've seen. And like this is when I got home last night, I looked at my roommate and said, Matt Reeves is the Batman was made for straight men and women. And I'm and I'm so happy for both of them. I'm so <laughs> well, happy they needed it. You know, it's been a tough time have gotten Matt Reeves as the Batman because this movie wants to fuck the Batman so bad. This movie wants you to want to fuck Selena Kyle so bad. And it like vaguely hints at lesbianism, but only for long enough to kill one of them. Uh, it's it's incredible. It is it is a a, a wild film. <sighs> Kato, any any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I guess uh, straight people are allowed a little bit of camp too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is straight camp. Yeah, the, the Matt Reeves is the Batman is straight camp. Yep. <laughs> and Robert Pattinson and the only reason it. that phrase will make sense is if you've listened to this entire podcast so you can see what we mean because if you were just to write that phrase out that makes sense well but me and my theme like oh it's straight camp it's like no, no I no, mean no. it's straight heterosexual, heterosexual camp, camp. <laughs> heterosexual camp is like a thing that has been talked about before but the Batman is such a perfect example of it yeah. that I can't. it's finally help. manifested yeah it's like it's like truly truly manifested it only took 200 million dollars for straight camp to finally be realized uh on film Incredible. wow <laughs> what a time what a time we live in um all right well that is 
going to do it. You can, uh, what else we got going on this week? You two streamed uh, some Heaven Will Be Mine. Uh, Around the time this comes out, uh, uh, Kato and I will be streaming some Triangle Strategy. We got some Warhammer Wednesdays, the rebranded Warhammer Wednesdays. Never watched a title for a series. uh, Die off quicker. Um, uh, Thursday, uh, Coffee Appears, Gran Turismo 7. And then Friday, we're going to return to uh, Hunt Showdown, uh, hopefully with uh, special guest Matthew Galt. Uh, oh, also, I th- hopefully, uh, also Gita will be joining us on Thursday for uh, another big uh, Elden Ring uh, check-in. So uh, stay oh, tuned I should, for... I should play oh, that game. Nice. Fuck. Should think about it. Uh, I hear it's uh, good. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed the, like, seven hours I got in between Destiny shit. Well, if you got to, you, you know, I just don't... <gasps> Don't be a piece of shit. Beat the raid tonight, and then you can start playing some Elden Ring. Wow! Think about it. I'm yeah. just trying to give you motivation. Oh, if you're listening you know? to this on Tuesday, you'll know whether or not I did that's that. That's true. Wow! Yeah, the that's, VOD you know, will be up on Twitch. I just confirmed that's just, my team is ready to go at 6:30 tonight. That's just time travel, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at Patrick Klubik. Kato, where can people follow you? At a underscore Kato underscore appears. Uh, Ren. You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Uh, Kato, I am going to ask you to do a thing for me. Mm. This is require a little extra editing. Okay. I don't have the intro or outro to this podcast. And so I'd like you to go to a previous waypoint. Oh, my God. Edit Rob's, Rob. like, just a, like a generic just intro. Rob. Mm-hmm. A Rob oh, put that in at the top. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. That. And yep. then you know. And then at the end when he does the music and don't give uh-huh. it to astonishment. Like uh-huh. put that. Put that in. Just slide it right. Put in. that in right here. Well, that'll do it for this week's waypoints. We hope you've enjoyed the break. Please be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice if it allows such a thing. I think we're a five star podcast, but it's not for me to say. It's for you, the listener. Our theme music is "Slide Asleep" by Two Mellow. We'll be back again with Waypoint Radio on Friday. Until then, do not give in to astonishment. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, that's going to be good. (laughs) 
God damn he's it. Gonna be fur- he's going to be furious <laughs> if he listens to it, too. He's going to be, be furious. Very funny. Oh.